A call on silver for delivery will break the financial system if the banks on the hook are not bailed out. They now have to keep printing all we We've got this ticking time bomb. Talking gold with one and only Andrew McGuire. Welcome to Live from the Vault. Welcome to Live from the Vault. My name is Shane Moran, and I'll be your host for this episode. And from the entire Live from the Vault team worldwide, we want to thank you for your continued support. And as you can imagine, the community keeps growing more and more every single week. And there's a lot to talk about during these historic times. And Andrew McGuire is in the house, and we'll be talking gold. This is going to be an amazing episode. So fasten your seatbelts. You know, the Live from the Vault gives you access to information and updates that you just can't get anywhere else and this episode is going to be no exception but just before we get to talking gold with andrew mcguire you know we want to hear from you our live from the vault community on who you'd love to see as a guest on the show and so to have your say simply click on that link there below in the description and head over to our twitter and reply to the tweet by tagging your dream live from the vault guest and we'll do our best to get them on so keep a close eye on the results for yourself and remember please keep spreading the word about this channel by liking sharing and smash that subscribe button it really helps us to reach even more and more people about these very very important topics in these historic times and then click on the bell if you'd like to be notified as each episode goes live so smash that button right now and with that let's head over to the uk and talking gold with the one and only andrew mcguire now, Andrew, we usually start off by picking up the thread uh, from our last market update and then ask you to update us on what you're seeing right now, especially as we enter the second quarter. Can you believe it? The second quarter already. But based on what you've uncovered in from our last episode, I can imagine uh, what you're seeing specifically in the wholesale markets is somewhat different to what we're seeing in these paper casino markets. Can you tell us uh, what you're seeing from a wholesale market perspective, Andrew? Yeah, great question there, Shane. And yeah, that's exactly right. There's a huge divergence between what you're seeing on the charts here and what's really going on. Uh, and there's no doubt in my mind, though, that the elephant in the room, let's deal with that first, is the mainstream media ignoring the commoditization of the ruble and its impact on the precious metals markings. Now, before we go in there, we're not pro anybody. We are just literally looking at the impact that this is having on the precious metals market. No, we're sorry about all conflicts all over the world. No one's taking sides here. So please be aware. We need to know, though, because it's impacting us now. So really following the ability for the Russian central bank to cut interest rates by another 300 basis points last Thursday, yet still maintaining a very strong ruble foreign exchange cross. Now that's still valued at 2018 to 2019 levels. And, and even given that, even given that factoring in these newly embedded sanctions at the margin, Russia controls a very large market moving percentage of all global commodities, pretty much all global commodities. Now it's going to become increasingly difficult for the mainstream media propaganda machine to gloss over that the strategic commoditization of the ruble is now firmly underway. Now, 
while this has far wider and in some jurisdictions devastating and economic market implications, um, as far as gold's concerned, and in particular silver, uh, look at that closely, what this means is that the market-making first-tier bullion banks facing the lion's share of a multi-year accrued quadrillion-dollar derivative position, not all gold and silver, but it's a derivative is a derivative, and not let's forget that the 15 trillion a year over-the-counter gold market is the anchor for this deck of cards, for this derivative iceberg, basically. And it's these same first-year banks are now scrambling to position for higher commodity prices, which is going to force a strong bid under all physical markets. Now, ironically, the unseating of this massive derivative iceberg comes as a direct result of really ill-conceived Western sanction blowbacks. Now, what it's done is to put the officially managed paper, gold and silver markets into the crosshairs of an accelerated, physically driven supply demand revaluation process. Andrew, when we were talking earlier, you suggested that there was a massive silver derivatives position that was directly in these revaluation crosshairs. Can you elaborate for our guests here? What do you mean by that? Yeah, Shane, I, I will do, mate. And, and while all commodity prices will rise, and due to the effect of 50 years of siloed COMEX price suppression, silver has become the most undervalued commodity on the planet Earth, bar none. I don't think many people dispute that. And the primary reason silver is the most undervalued commodity is because it comprises a very large chunk of a deliberately constructed derivative iceberg. And what we're saying here is it's broken loose. And as we looked at in uh, earlier episodes, immediately following the Russia sanctions, um, unsettled, which unsettled the commodity markets, the very the, the very comparatively small nickel market struck the tip of this one quadrillion dollar derivative iceberg. And while the mainstream media psyops machine moved very, very quickly to sweep this Lehman moment under the carpet, the footprints evidence that the key market maker and liquidity provider, JP Morgan, immediately began scrambling to exit this space. Now, Clearly, that beggars the question, why? And we've both direct and empirical evidence that JP Morgan is heavily involved in providing liquidity to all aspects of the global uh, silver market, including acting as a sanctioned uh, authorized participant to the SLV ETF, which we know from BlackRock's statement back in February 21, defaulted, along with other uh, uh, authorized participants, on their mandate to provide physical liquidity when it was demanded by clients of the ETF. So, in other words, just to underscore, JP Morgan has until now been privileged to have ultimate control of all aspects of physical and paper markets. And as you know, it's always been my contention that all the banks hedge COMEX longs or shorts with a long or short over-the-counter position. So technically, the reported OCC 600 million, uh, over 600 million ounces of, of Bank of America um, 
Silver positions, as reported by the OCC report, quarterly report, are not categorized as naked short. However, that's purely technically speaking, as the directly related SLV ETF, the on and off ramps relating to this derivative position are in the form of unallocated silver credit positions. And as we evidenced when BlackRock announced that they would not go to market to fulfill the 1.5 billion ounces of silver orders back in February 21, it made it absolutely clear that a large percentage of SLV baskets comprise of unallocated silver. And given these positions are sanctioned to be leased, swapped or sold short, therefore they're rehypothecated. Now, while Reuters and Bloomberg reported that the nickel blow-up was triggered by the exit of, uh, they actually reported uh, that, that, that it triggered the exit of primary liquidity provider JP Morgan, along with two other secondary base market, base metals market makers. So we weren't talking about silver, they were talking about base metals. But as we reported back five episodes ago, it was in March, we also have direct first year bank feedback that these same banks, JP Morgan Standard Chartered primarily, have very large physical silver positions, but they also want to square up these positions and receive back the silver lease positions before the five trillion a year paper silver market goes nickel too. Now, as Bill Halter highlighted in our most recent live from the vault episode, that was last week, silver is, as he says, the fuse to break the financial system. And by crikey, is it lit? Silver is such a tiny market. Its global production is what, less than 20 billion a year? And when a physical call on silver is made into a multi-billion dollar net short derivative position, there is no silver to back up these over-the-counter positions. Now, now, paper silver hedges paper silver. That's, that's the game. And given silver also trades as a deliverable foreign exchange cross against the dollar and is joined at the hip to the directly related deliverable FX gold market, a call on silver for delivery will break the financial system if the banks on the hook are not bailed out. All right, uh, Andrew, you know how fired up I get whenever you talk to about silver, whenever I hear silver, and I'm not alone. I know we've got a massive silver community out there, silver stackers. Tell us, how do you think that what, what you just said here about what's happening is going to play out here for silver? Yeah, again, very important. And, and before we look at how this plays out, and, and given there is, a deliberate, there is deliberately very little information published about the silver derivative market, and while this quarterly OCC report provides some visibility, it's worth looking at what Bloomberg assessed as a benchmark at the time of the, remember the old silver fix ended on, uh, it was August 15th, 2014 and the new, the new fix began. Well, Bloomberg assessed at that point that the global silver market was valued at $5 trillion that included options, ETFs, etc. Now, as it happened, silver was trading at around 20 bucks at the time with annual production around, let's just say a billion, dollar, a billion ounces, which is very close to current metrics. So 
Let's look how nickel-like the silver derivative market really is at this juncture. Now divide one into the other and we arrive, arrive at a widely accepted leverage of 250 to one. In other words, there's 250 ounces of paper silver underpinning each ounce of physical that's been pledged. <laughs> Actually, if you go back to 2015 and 16, uh, Jeffrey Christian of CPM Group assessed 500 to one and so what was flippantly put. Look, but if we just use Bloomberg's more conservative assessment, if the price of silver was based directly on the real physical silver market at 250 to one, silver's price should be at $5,000 an ounce right now today. Look, so what does it mean? Now, when this derivative blow up happens, and by cracky it will, it will occur in the physical market. It'll not spring out of the COMEX, the CME or the SLV rigged machine. They will be impacted, but it won't come from there. Because that's where, you know, if you remember, that's where the Hunt brothers got rinsed like any other paper speculator because the silver was borrowed from the house. The house never had any silver and the house called in the credit. End of story. So SLV has proved itself to be a derivative flywheel. It's very vulnerable. And, and one must remember the nickel black swan event was a direct reaction to Russian sanction blowbacks, unraveling leveraged short bets that were exposed to physical demand. They blew up, uh, then they blew up, sparking the LME to go on record. And they, I remember the quote clearly in my head, it has no direct visibility of over-the-counter transactions and positions, end of quote. I remember that because it's exactly what we sat in front of Andrew Bailey for uh, with uh, on that very same subject after we went to Parliament uh, on this very same issue, this potential blow up. Now, at that time, Andrew Bailey, Bailey was the governor of, uh, he right now is the governor of the Bank of England. But when I met him, he was still head of the FCA. So what it's telling us is nothing has changed. And now here we go, the black swan fallout begins. Now, if you just look at the numbers here, then, you know, again, it's worth looking at. The, uh, the, the, the there was 300 tons, this one entity had bet 300,000 tons short of short nickel at an average price of 18 and uh, 18,500 a ton. When it blew up, it, it spiked 250% to 100,000 per tonne as these margin hauls, uh, calls hit. And had the market not been officially rescued, the sharks would have circled and the too big to fail liquidity providers would be, have faced another Lehman moment because they sure as hell didn't have the product. Now, at this point, before you even ask the question, let me make it a very critical point here. While it was and is possible to halt trades in the siloed backwater of the LME or the COMEX for that matter, but silver is a global foreign exchange currency cross alongside the, the dollar, the euro, the yen. So no such market halt could be instigated without calling, call, causing all the too big to fail over-the-counter liquidity providers to crash and burn. The March 2020 EFP blow-up that we talked about multiple times would be minuscule 
in comparison. Now, now, Andrew, let, let's switch over. That's incredible. Let, let's switch over to gold for a second. Now, while gold is not strictly a commodity, can you update us on how that you see gold being impacted by these evol evolving sanctions that we're seeing? Yeah, Shane, as far as gold is concerned, uh, the ruble commoditization also leverages the multi-billion dollar energy trade, enabling a direct exchange of physical gold and rubles for, a, say, a 30% energy discount which even might that might even be uh, expanded because of uh, just you know recent sanction impositions but nevertheless and despite these sanction impositions it's, it it will continue to divert sufficient at the margin physical gold supply to disrupt and undermine 50 years of undeliverable ring-fenced bearish gold and silver derivative bets so as part of the PSYOPs war effort, the paper market has so far masked this growing divergence between physical and paper gold. For now, but not for long. And more immediately, the Russian central bank's efforts to strategically rein in ruble strength uh, by, by literally reducing interest rates, etc., and capital controls, has had the effect of raising the ruble price of gold while conversely lowering the ruble, ruble FX cross. So when you measure the net result of that in US dollar terms, it's, it, it's lower than it was, but it does place a strong, carefully managed, bilaterally subtle physical floor under gold. That cannot be ignored. And while the likes of China and Russia have been biding their time, They've been stealthily performing paper to physical alchemy, as we discussed last time, without disrupting the gold discount window. The Russian sanctions threw the buy window wide open and has accelerated the process. Now, as we've drawn public attention to, the current official war narrative has hidden this paper to physical game changer. And while officials have doubled down, resorting to selling paper gold uh, to defend long-standing, these long-standing underwater derivative bets, just like their failed attempts to undermine the ruble, they've, they've really staved off the inevitable for the short period of time, but ultimately dug themselves a much, much deeper hole. And as we drew attention to last time, Having failed to rein in the strengthening ruble, the official PSYOP's focus has now fallen back to a desperate effort to limit how much physical is allowed to be offered for sale at the benchmark uh, PM-LBMA fix. However, while this war on gold is visibly being fought in the paper markets, outside the CME-LBMA casino alliance, which we know was formed in April 2020 uh, as a result of this blow up in March 2020, uh, of the uh, EFP blow up, we are experiencing very similar conditions now to what blew up these EFPs in March 2020. Namely, of course, a global physical supply demand imbalance for a different reason, but nevertheless the same thing. And as we've highlighted, this divergence between paper gold and physical gold was finally overshooting these March 2020 oversold backwardated extremes. ICE, backward 18, meaning that it's blatantly obvious when the futures market is trading at a discount to the cash market that there's some game going on here and that there's that's not a correct price. So what we're saying is so so really we've seen seen the market move uh, to extremes 
And the official PSYOP war on gold has already telegraphed it had already reached a final capitulation point. Now, the commercials, the house pit managers, as we call them, the COTs, are unable to hide the footprints that they are taking the long side of every single sucked in spec short. The only traders blinkered to this action are the speculators. And while very short term, this tidal wave of paper selling has driven the global price of US dollar benchmark gold lower, we publicly warn this has once again threatened to blow up this deeply backwardated exchange for physical mechanism, which is the COMEX to the over-the-counter mechanism. Now, all of this is derivative related. Now, this inflection point was reached last week, and this is the kind of stuff we look for. We, when we saw the, uh, the price driven to a, into the paper price selling into a incredibly strong physical demand, it drove a massive $4.95 backwardation to expiring June gold, meaning that the spot price, the cash price, was $4.95 higher than the June contract, which was yet to still go into delivery. Now, given every ounce offered in excess of a $2 backwardation is being EFP'd and taken, uh, certainly we know that Swiss refiners are taking this, this is triggering competitive short covering into this wrong, these wrong-footed speculators. Look, this is not going unnoticed. So this is the kind of stuff you need to look into the wholesale market to see what's going on. So the house, the casino, and all the liquidity providers realize the paper discount window is about to slam shut and are gearing up for it. Their footprints are impossible to hide. However, this tectonic market shift and the house stacked against these speculators hasn't been realized by these blinkered, siloed, Comex traders chasing just a dot on a screen. There's nothing related to this dot on a screen at all. And with the Russia-China alliance sucking out physical gold in size to meet the discounted energy trade, paper gold will need to rise to offset insider face, these insiders facing delivery obligations. So as we discussed before, while Russia steadily builds up their physical gold reserves, they're also selling excess physical gold related to the oil trade to China in exchange for rubles. And this is kind of like just a win-win for both Russia and China. Russia builds a strong commoditized currency, while on the other hand, it provides China another avenue to surreptitiously divest themselves of excess rubles in exchange for physical gold. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that for them. But either way, global physical supply underpinning a massive derivative bomb is on a one-way journey out of the KBAL's hands. That, that's absolutely incredible. And now uh, I guess uh, our viewers are seeing why these calls are historical and what's happening here. Now, we record these every two weeks, Andrew. And you know what the number one most asked question that I get Ask Andrew, what does he expect in the very, very short term? So, Andrew, over to you. What do you, what do you see in the short term here with all this going on? That's completely understandable, too. And uh, I think first we need to look at the action into the Bank of International Settlements and the over-the-counter silver options expiry yesterday. Now, we're recording this on Wednesday. Now, by the both the end of the month, over-the-counter BIS and over-the-counter silver option positions 
believe me, these are related to the listed 600 million ounces that are in the OCC derivative uh, report. They were marked to market yesterday. So that that is like a, that's that's what we wait for. And we cautioned, if you remember, that the BIS Bank of International Settlements wanted to mark these massive options related derivative positions to market into the end of May at just under 1850. Hey, by no surprise, where did it close just below 1850? However, the multi-billion dollar mark to market defense has come at a physical price and into this anticipated Bank of International Settlements options defense is exactly the time central banks and sovereigns time their physical purchases. They jumped in below 1850 yesterday. Now our liquidity providers very, and I'm talking about on, on, Tuesday, on Tuesday, of course, our liquidity providers confirm very large physical demand has resumed once again, very short term, completely masked by this paper market action. And while this unleveraged buying usually takes well, a couple of days to filter through to the paper markets, usually, uh, unusually this time, and this is an unusual situation due to the extended United Kingdom holiday markets, we have a large gap in the gold and silver fixes. Now we're recording this, as I say, on Wednesday, the 1st of June, and you'll have received this update on Friday of uh, just probably ahead of non-farm perils. And there will have been no gold or silver fixes since today, Wednesday. And the next one is Monday the 6th. But Monday is a European wide holiday. so. Be aware, liquidity will be very thin until the 7th, Tuesday the 7th. So the rebound rally that we were expecting, we are expecting, may be a little delayed until then. Now, if you're a stacker buying your monthly tranche, hey, you're, you're going to take full advantage of these gamed conditions, very thin game conditions. But if you are a trader, you may want to wait until the more liquid 7th to instigate fresh positions. Now we see a very large beach ball effect brewing to the upside. Now, of course, they may not wait until uh, Tuesday because they may take thin market conditions to try and rinse some, some, speculator, uh, some speculator short stops. But as we also assessed in our last episode, the latent beach ball effect in heavily capped silver is gonna be even stronger now, technically, fundamentally, and structurally, capping silver into a known large over-the-counter options expiry also yesterday on Tuesday is undoubtedly related to the squaring up of a very large chunk of the naked short portion of the recorded multi-billion dollar OCC derivative position we've been tracking and going public on. And as discussed over the last couple of episodes, the CME, futures market reduction bailout, you know, the, the reducing of uh, the unprecedented reducing of um, of, of uh, loan uh, loan values to to actually allow the insiders to actually provide to provide the liquidity to provide more shorts at the Rubicon line that commenced on April the 18th. And you know what, well, it's been as successful as probably possible into a strong physical market. However, with no spec longs left to rinse, and clearly there aren't any, and now there are only, there's only a massive ballooning net, 
naked net short spec pos uh, position, creating layers to rinse to the upside. There is almost as much accrued short cover for these insiders by just to target multiple spec short stop layers to the upside, i.e. if they're short, you need a stop. So it'll be above the market. Now, given the silver um, uh, OCC Euro European um, bets, uh, the break-even point is assessed at 23 bucks, uh, and dips below 22 have forced widening backwardations to futures. You can see it for yourself. To, to sum up, following the April 18th CME stick save, uh, the overshoot of the silver futures 26.225 Rubicon line, and it topped out at 26.495, the silver over-the-counter options positions were squared yesterday a full five bucks lower than when they started. It's been lower than that, but they squared it five bucks lower. Now this has pushed the paper, the physical paper divide to extremes and insiders will be capitalizing on every spec short sold position. Now the only question guys is, as we usually say, how much physical do you personally own? Awesome, awesome. There you have it, Andrew McGuire. And remember, buy physical and understand the difference between what Andy affectionately calls the casino paper gold and silver markets and the actual physical gold and silver markets. They're not the same. Don't be fooled. And there you have it. That's all we have for you today on another fascinating episode of Live from the Vault. And please help keep spreading the word about this channel by hitting that like button, sharing and subscribing and click on that bell if you'd like to be notified as each episode goes live. And one more thing before we go here, we want to hear from our community. We want to hear from you uh, on our Live from the Vault community and, and who would you like to see as a special guest on this show? You know, to have your say, just look at the link below and then what you want to do is head over to our Twitter and reply to the tweet by tagging your dream Live from the Vault guest and we'll be taking a you know, a close look at this, and we hope to see your guest here on the show coming up here. So with that, we'll see you next time on Live from the Vault. See you then.